what is up everybody man hope y'all are all doing well it, it it feels it feels like it has it's been forever since i've been live even though it was two days ago but man this is a week i have been waiting on mid-season around october we start getting the real the real games let's just say that man i'm so tired of these you know early season matchups that everyone says really don't matter down the stretch but man we got some really big games this week of course the fcs game of the week if it's not the fcs game of the week on every single platform that covers fcs football nationally then i don't know what they're doing number one north dakota state hosting number two south dakota state on top of <clears throat> on top of a lot of other big matchups man so listen the way this show is going to go as always walter payton watch list I'm going to show y'all how I would vote if I had to submit my ballot today and also Buck Buchanan watch list. And also we're debuting the FCS playoff bracketology 1.0. I did my best, man. Listen, I, I really did uh, to try to predict. So this is what I think would happen about right now, kind of projecting forward, but it's really hard to project from October 12th. But I kind of wanted to give y'all an idea of what the bracket could potentially look like. As, as we sit on October 12th. And then, of course, we're going to go through some games and, you know, take live calls and comments at the end of the show, 701-779-9585. But, man, shout out to my guy, Scotty, all script, man. Um, if, I, everyone, I know everyone's already subscribed, man. Make sure to go check my guy out. Roundtable coming Thursday, as always. But this is going to be a huge week, man. But let's get into the Walter Payton watch list right now we have a new number one the number one has been tim demore at all season long but i think if i had to vote today lindsey scott jr would be my vote to win the walter payton award right this second completed over 74 percent of his passes 2100 passing yards 27 passing touchdowns only two picks five rushing touchdowns he leads the country in passer efficiency and right now if the season ended Lindsey Scott was set a new NCAA, a new NCAA record for the highest pass passer efficiency um, in in history. So that's how good of a season he's having. He's second in completion percentage, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. And I don't know if you guys have watched him mature. So I, I know there's a lot of people in the chat that really follow their favorite team their you know favorite conference or whatever but if you go back and watch the film from Lindsey scott at Nichols state i i never saw this coming when he transferred to incarnate word I, i'm i'm not even going to lie to you guys i thought it was a step down from what cameron ward brought to that offense and for me he almost runs the offense just as well in the and here's the reasons i have him over demorit who has had an outstanding year one Lindsey Scott has played a top 30 strength of schedule and led his team to an FBS win. And right now also has the challenge of being in his first season in the offense and a first year head coach who has never been a head coach before. I think Lindsey Scott's level of difficulty has been much, much higher than anybody else in this race right now, especially at the quarterback position. So Lindsey Scott would be my vote for number one today. Tim DeMora would be second, 2,600 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, two rushing. He's second in efficiency, first in yards, first in passing touchdowns. The one drawback for DeMora would be that his strength of schedule hasn't been as impressive as Lindsey Scott. And he came up just a bit short in that FBS game where Lindsey Scott led his team to a two touchdown victory over Nevada. And 
Then my non-quarterback that I would have on my ballot is Jaden Sheridan, 932 yards rushing, seven rushing touchdowns, and he's averaging almost 10 yards per carry right now. Leads the country in yards per carry and rushing yards, and he's and he's top 15 in rushing touchdowns right now. So Jaden Sheridan would be my non-quarterback vote. But um, my two honorable mentions who would be fourth and fifth, I would have Shador at four. And I would and I would probably put Hunter Lipke at five. And I have seen some some people, including Sam Herter and some other people, argue that they would probably put Lipke about second right now. And and I understand the reasoning because they're saying, you know, it's not just stats; it's also you know who's the best player in the country. But for me, it is that. But I just don't think Lipke has the volume nor the pressure of carrying that North Dakota State team like some of these guys have. Like when you look at Tim DeMoret, if Tim DeMoret doesn't have a good game, Fordham loses every single game they play. If Lindsey Scott has an off day, Incarnate Word could have been in trouble in any of the weeks prior. And Hunter Lipke right now has not even established himself as the number one rushing threat on his own team. And so I don't give... I don't think you should vote on on Heisman's on Walter Payton awards based on NFL potential. I think you, you at some point what you're doing on the field this season, not projecting into the future, has to come into account. So that's why I give Lindsey Scott the edge. That's why I give Tim Demore at the edge, Jaden Sheridan, Shador Sanders. I give all those guys a little bit more of a bump in my voting compared to. Um, right now compared to to the to the rest of the guys in Hunter Lipke. So that's where I would vote right now for the Walter Payton Award. For the Buck Buchanan, we also have a new number one. I think John Pius right now has been the most interesting story to emerge in FCS football right this second. This guy is a true sophomore, outside linebacker, edge rusher for William & Mary, 40 total tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks and three pass breakups. And we're not even into mid-October yet. He leads the country in sacks, leads the leads in tackles for loss. And his two biggest games, I put a lot of stock in what do you do in the biggest games on the biggest stage against Charlotte in a William & Mary FBS win and also against Delaware, a huge top six win for William & Mary. He combined for six and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. He does it on the biggest stage, and he does it across from an All-American defensive end last year in Nate Lynn. John Pius, in my opinion, has been the best defensive player in the entire country at the FCS level, and he, and I think he's earned this number one spot. And if he continues to pace that he's on, I don't know how John Pius doesn't walk away with this Buck Buchanan award. Now, Patrick O'Connell finished third last season, and I, he's going to make a good run at it. 42 total tackles, nine for loss, seven sacks, a forced fumble, and a pick. He's top five in sacks, top 15 in tackles for loss, top 30 in tackles. A complete resume there, but I don't. I still think the way Pius is dominating and stepping up on the biggest stage right now gives him the edge. Now, if Patrick O'Connell goes out in the Montana State game and goes just absolutely berserk, then you know you could possibly make an argument. Right now, I don't think Montana's had any season-defining games where Patrick O'Connell has been able to put that on his resume yet. So right now, I would, I would, um. I would say John Pius is the guy right now for the Buck Buchanan, and it's extremely hard for defensive backs to win. It's kind of a 
kind of a rigged system against defensive backs because it's really hard for them to put up stats. Maxwell Anderson at Weber State right now has been the best corner in the country at the FCS level. He's he already has five picks, four pass breakups, leads to FCS and interceptions. He's he's allowed a 32.9 passer rating and only one touchdown allowed, which was last week against a high flying Eastern Washington offense. I think Maxwell Anderson right now is it has been the best has been the best cornerback in the country, and he deserves to be on this list. It's going to be really hard for a defensive back to win it. But if but if you're already if you've already put up five interceptions in just a handful of games, he has an interception in every game but one. I think he deserves to be on this list now. Johnny Buchanan for for um for Delaware, also um, Vandenberg for India Illinois State are two guys that you also probably should look out for. They probably be my four and five spot. So that's how I would vote for the Walter Payton and Bub Buchanan. Lindsey Scott would be my number one vote for the Walter Payton and John Pius from William and Mary would be my Buck Buchanan award winner. Uh, so let me get to these comments real quick. He said, poor Lamar. Yeah, if you're looking for that, that Lindsey Scott, in case you missed it, 400-plus yards and seven touchdowns in the first half against Lamar. Man, I can't wait to get to Baton Rouge, man, and be down there Friday. Has the FCS stopped playing defense? I don't think so, man. There's still a lot of highly ranked um, highly ranked uh, defenses in the FCS. Staying 27 passing touchdowns. I did watch them versus PV. I'm not an award guy, but it is fun seeing random guys put up numbers, especially the ones you wouldn't think do did good. I agree, Dave. I love seeing stories like a Jaden Sheridan. I don't think many people, including people, didn't even think he was going to be RB one at Monmouth this year. So we'll see the pettiness, um, <laughs> the pettiness for sure. Shador needs to throw seven touchdowns this weekend. I agree. If he if 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 uh, Shador is going to stay in the race, he's got to go off this weekend. Uh, South Dakota State 27 and DSU 13. I like it. I like the prediction. We're going to get to that one. Uh, let's see. I think he has some cute – he might have had a, a sack or so, but I, I can't remember his stat line off the top of my head, uh, Jay. And Big Scott dudes are no joke. They're earning that one. Uh, let's see. Bubba the linebacker, Bama State. He won um, – he won Player of the Week for me this week, Jay. But um, I don't, I don't think he's done enough to be on the Buck Buchanan um, award list right now. I mean, he's had a, he's had a solid season, but right now I probably wouldn't vote for him as Swag Defensive Player of the Year right this second. So I don't think you. Uh, I, I think if you're looking for a Swag player to be on the Buck Buchanan award list, I think your best bet honestly would be Ronnie Thomas. Ronnie Thomas, honestly. Uh, he could get some votes. Do not be surprised if Ronnie Thomas finishes top 10 in the Butt Buchanan Award voting for Mississippi Valley State. He has had an amazing, an amazing year, man. He, he's one of the top defensive ends in the country right now. I just, I, the team's floundered, and I don't think he's had a year that everyone thought he had, thought he was going to have, Wayne. I think it's been a little bit of both where he hasn't lived up to the hype, nor has the team, and I think it's really hurt, hurt him. He said Lindsey Scott for Heisman. <laughs> I like it. Seems like we had a um, couple HBC players high on the tackle and sack list at this time last year. Doesn't seem like it's happening this year. Ronnie Thomas is up there really high. Also, um, Sonic Boom, Lawrence Richardson from Morgan State has been one of the best linebackers. And also, BJ Davis is pretty high up there, too. There's there's some MEAC guys that are high on the list as well. Only reason I ask. Well, you got to think, man. Um, yeah, because – it's, there's just a lot of new names that are that are emerging, and I think 
what you saw is that Cameron Ward, the, the past two years have been up there, and Eric Berry and Cole Kelly have really dominated the top of the list that now you're starting to see new names. And I think you've always seen crazy stat lines on both sides of the football at the FCS level. So I, I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary, but yeah, they're putting up some insane numbers right now. Lindsey Scott is from Baton Rouge. I wish he would have transferred to – man, Southern would be disgusting with Lindsey Scott at quarterback. I think B.J. Davis can be in the running too. Um, I, I just mentioned him. B.J. Davis has been one of the most consistent linebackers as well. Ronnie Thomas is a dog. Bubba had a good game. We have a bad habit of getting worked up over one or two games. Yeah, he had 17 tackles against um, – if I'm not saying it was either the FAMU or uh, North Carolina A&T game. Tim DeMora for Heisman. Ronnie Thomas is a beast. Yeah, yeah, I knew his dad played at Southern. Uh, Shador ain't catching DeMora. I mean, yeah, I think Aubrey will be, probably be somewhere on the watch list midseason. I don't know when. Um, I don't know. Uh, Craig Haley's the one that does the watch list. I don't know when it drops, but I would expect to see Aubrey um, be there somewhere. So FCS playoffs bracket. I don't know if y'all can see this. I just noticed that. Uh, let me see if I can like make myself a little bit smaller here. Uh, let me know if y'all can like even read that, and I'll try my best here. It might be a little hard to read. I ain't going to lie. Uh, let's see. So, but this is how I see the seedings play based on – even. this is kind of also exposing my predictions for this week. Um, South, South, Dakota, South Dakota State, I think, uh, is going to be the one seed. I'll be honest. And listen, I'm going to redesign this for next week. This is just Bracketology 1.0. I got South Dakota State, North Dakota State, William & Mary, Montana State, Holy Cross, Mercer, Montana, and, and uh, Sacramento State being the seeds this year. The reason that they're the seeds, I think William & Mary is going to win the CAA this year based on just kind of looking at the – looking at the schedule moving forward. I also think uh, the Big Sky is going to have multiple seeds this year. And I also think Mercer is going to run through the SoCon. And if Mercer wins out, I do think they slide into that seven or eight seed in the playoffs, which is just insane that um, Mercer is really going to be on uh, be a seed this year after I think this is the first preseason they've ever even been ranked. Yet, so that that's just that's crazy to me. And then for the first round matchups, so if you if you um if you don't know how the playoffs work, I think they're always they're always going to go bus rides first. So they're going to try to schedule as many bus rides. So that's four hundred some you know in some odd miles or less. And all in my first round matchups, all of these are bus rides except two, and it's because the the four teams in those matchups didn't have anybody within like bus trips. So Weber State and North Dakota were the two teams that really threw everything out of whack. So this is what they would do. Um, and Alex, um, I, I see your comment here. I think Weber State has a chance to slide into that eight seed, but if William and Mary wins out, I think it's going to be a tough thing. I, it really depends on if Weber can pull an upset or two down the stretch. I just think that I just think their schedule is going to be is going to be insane, and so I, I just don't see Weber winning out. But Weber could could make a run for that eight seed. I see. I'm going to be the FCS fan that treats North Dakota State like HBC fans for JSU. Go South Dakota State, Lawrence. I, I think Holy Cross beats Fordham this year. I, I think their defense is good enough to stop Demoret. That's why I have Holy Cross as a seed right now. Uh, so South Dakota State keeps top, keeps second top spot. So I have them number one. That kind of that might expose my prediction for this week. But uh, the first round matchups I have: Southern Illinois versus Southeast Missouri State. 
Richmond versus Campbell. I have Campbell winning the Big South, and I have uh, Richmond getting it in a large bid. I have Delaware versus Sacred Heart, Weber State versus North Dakota, Incarnate Word versus Austin P. I got Austin P. Uh, getting that Ace Sun WAC bid. I think they went out. Uh, potentially throughout the rest of the season. I think Incarnate Word wins the Southland. Eastern Kentucky, Chattanooga, and then Elon Davidson would be the first-round matchups right here. So let's see. Sorry, because the, the Big Sky teams are going to ruin that postseason matchup. <laughs> I like I, Ron, Ron's about it. But you, but you see the Grizz win out. Yeah, I think Montana has a better chance to win out right now, Daniel. I, I just don't see Weber winning out, man. The reason I don't, the reason I don't see Weber winning out, Daniel, is because I don't, I trust their quarterback the least out of out of all the teams up there in the base. I trust Lucas Johnson more. I trust Malott and uh, Sean Chambers more at Montana State as well. Montana State's going to win out, and maybe Sac State, MSU is probably the best sketch of the win. The Big Sky, yeah. I mean, listen, man. This is made on the twelfth. I do think. Um, he said, "Is Valley or Gremlin in your bracket? You're so petty. This I'm gonna. This is gonna. Um, this is definitely gonna change week to week. But this is just my early, early predictions. And let me move this banner for y'all. The first five out. I think Fordham is. It's gonna be hard pressed to get in if they lose to Holy Cross. Furman is gonna be on the outside looking in. I think the loss to Texas A&M Commerce is really going to hurt the." the bid for Southeast Louisiana to get an at-large bid. Villanova and Monmouth are going to be the CAA teams on the outside looking in. So that's that's kind of where that's, that's, that's where I look right now um, in, just in terms of the bracket, man. So that's just 1.0, and I'm going to put this up on the website so you guys can see that. But let's get into some Week 7 matchups, man. We got the Week 7 HBCU preview. Um. I got. I have Austin P getting the um, getting the auto bid right now, Lawrence. I think Austin P has been the most consistent team, and that win over Eastern Kentucky puts them in really good spot to, even even if you know someone slips up here or there, I think they're going to get it. And I just don't trust Stephen F. Austin to continue the run that they're on. Man, they have been playing with fire, and I really do think Abilene Christians has a great shot to catch them in their second matchup. But man, Morgan State. Versus North Carolina Central. This game is tomorrow night. It kicks off on a Thursday night on ESPN two, I believe, and I'm excited for this one. Even though Morgan lost last week, I'm still extremely excited to see this Morgan State team play. And it's all started by Alfonso Graham. I was texting with someone from HBCU uh, game day today about just Graham and and what they've been seeing up there. And they and what this guy at HBCU game day told me is that he thinks that Alfonso Graham is the best running back in HBCU football. And based on the based on his production this year, there's a really, really good argument for that. Alfonso Graham, 542 yards rushing. He's averaging 7.2 yards per carry this season, four rushing touchdowns, averaging over 100 yards per game. Morgan State has to try to establish their will and run the football. They saw what Campbell did to get North Carolina Central, keep them, one, keep them off the field, and two, wear down an extremely undersized front seven. They're going to have to run the football because right now I don't necessarily trust Carson Baker to go win them the game. He's been okay, six touchdowns, two picks, but he's completed just over 50% of his passes, and that's not going to get it done in a very st- against a very stingy secondary of North Carolina Central. I mentioned him earlier. Lawrence Richardson is a name to watch. 
He's been extremely productive this year. 41 total tackles, two and a half for loss, has an interception, a forced fumble. He's all over the field for Morgan State, and he plays that Aubrey role for, for this defense. He, he's, he, he's young, but, man, his instincts are undeniable right now. But Alfonso Graham is the X factor. If Morgan State cannot run the football, Central's running away with this one. They are going to have to find a way to establish their will at the line of scrimmage. Now, for Central, it comes down to one man. Is, da- is, is Davis Richard going to be that guy? That's it. He's their leading rusher still, six rushing touchdowns, almost 300 yards rushing. And, of course, he's been he's been a monster at quarterback, man. Not Nine touchdowns over 1,000 yards passing. He did have those two interceptions against Campbell. He has to play a clean game this weekend. The question is, who is the who is the biggest weapon that he has? Devin Smith has done a great job. He he had, he had the two touchdowns against Campbell, but I don't think Latrell Collier, Jamari Taylor, any of those guys have really emerged as a go to option in terms of this offense and and what they can do moving forward. On the defensive side, I've mentioned him repeatedly talking about this team. Khalil Baker. Second in interceptions this year with four. He's going to he's going to have to force some turnovers against an extremely inaccurate uh, Morgan State passing attack. I think this is going to be not a trap game because I do think Morgan is is a little bit better than to be called a trap game. But this is this is a game on Thursday night that can be awkward for teams. Both teams are coming off losses. Central, of course, had a bye week last week, and and we've and we've seen bye weeks go both ways where you can come in. You could come in a little bit more fresh, but you can also be a little bit rusty. I'm going to be interested to see what Central looks like after that Campbell game. If they're here on a mission, I expect them to win this game comfortably. But if they come out a little bit rusty, man, it, it, it could get a little bit hairy in this game on Thursday night. But I'm going with Central in this one. I think they win a close game over Morgan State. Right now, I still uh, if I had to pick a team to win the MEAC, I'm still riding with Central. I think when you look at the quarterback uncertainty across the MEAC, I trust Rashard more than any other quarterback in that conference, and I still and I still trust that team to get through the MEAC. It starts this weekend with a big win over Morgan State. Now, I can't predict this game because this is the game I'll be at, Southern versus Alcorn State. This is it, Here's the question for the game, and I, I think a lot of y'all will agree with me on this, is which Southern shows up? Are we going to get the Southern that showed up against Texas Southern? Or are we going to get the Southern that showed up when they smacked around Prairie View last week? That's the question, because that as two different as two different animals, and it, and if you get and if you get a Southern team that looks that looks unbalanced, that doesn't look motivated like you like you did against Texas Southern, I think Alcorn runs away with this one. But if you get the dominant discipline, the explosive offense that you have with Southern last weekend. It's going, it's going to be extremely interesting. But Sean McCray has looked great the past two weeks. The rushing game is starting to kind of pick up some steam. But the defense, man, is going to be the X factor. Trey Lang has lived up to all the hype. Eight and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. Jordan Lewis, too, three three sacks, four tackles for loss this year. And Jason Dumas made didn't make his debut, but really made his first impact last uh, last week. It's going to come down to whether Southern can slow Alcorn's run game. If you can force Alcorn State to have to throw the football and put the game just completely in Aaron Allen's hands, you have an amazing chance 
to to win this game if you're Southern, especially at home. Aaron Allen right now, 60% completion percentage, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He has not been super efficient. But but listen, Jarvion Howard, age, Agent Zero, the uh, I think, uh, what was it that Coach Green called him, the Purple Rhino or something like that? He's been the guy. 646 yards rushing, 6.7 yards yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns. If you slow Howard down, you stop Alcorn. Nico Duffy has been a solid backup, but I think you're seeing uh, Howard really establish himself as the number one running back. Last week against Valley, he had two touchdowns, and two weeks ago he had 300 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. But it's going to come down to just stopping the run. And they've done a great job at the linebacker spot in that front seven, really developing talent. Uh, talent. Terrence Ellis, Trevor James have been amazing additions to this team, or major, um, uh, amazing up-and-comers on this team, man. Both have 29 tackles, five tackles for loss. They've combined for four sacks. They're going to have to get after McCray. If you allow him to be comfortable, allow him to be a, the dynamic athlete that we know he can be, things are going to be tough. Things are going to be tough for uh, – for all corn state, I'm going to be interested to see which Southern shows up though. That's, that's the only question I have is what, what do they look like? Uh, and Varick makes a good point. Southern does have the number one rush defense in, in the, in the SWAC right now. We have to, we have to stop the run. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know what happened to the purple Barracuda. <laughs> Southern, Southern plays like last two games. Yes. SU. If all corn QB makes uh, third plays, it's their game. All corn state winning. There was some internal things for that Texas Southern game that's over with. We'll see if either team is for real tomorrow. We have we have been fooled by early season wins. I agree. This is going to be a game we're going to find out what both teams um what both teams are. Jordan Lewis should be back this week. Three hundred of those six hundred was in one game, wasn't it? He needs to come up big. I want Southern to win, so all people stop talking so much. <laughs> yeah, so uh. Definitely let me know who y'all have winning. I ain't gonna make a prediction. I uh I'll be I'll be in Baton Rouge this weekend covering this covering this game. And I'm really excited to see who wins because the winner of this game takes a significant lead in, in the West right now, especially with Southern beating uh PV last weekend. Now, Jackson State Bethune Cookman, I think everyone kind of knows who I'm picking. It's gonna you got Shador Sanders, man. 17 touchdowns, two picks, almost 17 over 1,700 yards. I'm going to be interested, though, to see the balance, especially with – I know it's not – I don't think it's very significant because he's because he's been he's been playing, but that shoulder – with that shoulder being a little bit sore, bothering him at all, I wonder if this is a game where they p- put the ball in Savion Wilkerson's hands, Santee Marshall, J.D. Martin, and say, we're just going to try to run this ball. We know we're the better team. And and, we're, and if this thing gets – if we get up by 14, 21, are we just going to try to run the football and, and save Shador moving forward, especially with – especially with Campbell coming uh, coming in next week? So that that's the question for me is what, what the play calling is going to be like. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, man, y'all mentioned Aubrey. He's, he's been special. Uh, Cam – has been great. Niles Gaddy is the guy to watch in, in the front seven, seven tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. Also, an emerging guy has been Justin Reagan. I, I don't think a lot of people have been have been giving him his just due. He had a, I think he had one or two sacks last weekend, and he's he's really emerged as probably the second guy 
right behind Gaddy in terms of pass rushing. I think I think Reagan deserves more credit right now than what than even what Jackson State fans are potentially giving him. He is he's been extremely efficient in terms of rushing the passer and getting in the backfield. Now, for Bethune Cookman, it's going to come down to Jalen Jones's ability to not turn the football over. This year, four touchdowns, four interceptions, just over a thousand yards. And if Jackson State can take his ability away of being an athlete, you know, who's averaging almost six yards per carry, if they can make him a pocket passer, Jackson State's going to run away with this game. It, it really is. I, I mean, Jackson State's going to run away if, if Jalen Jones becomes a pocket passer because uh, uh, I believe it's Quayshawn Bird. He's he's electric, three twenty seven, three touchdowns. But they're but Jalen Jones is going to have to make some plays, and if and if they don't, this this game's going to get out of hand. Amari Hill Robinson already has two picks this year. That's a first team all swag defensive back. He's he's been great. I just I just don't know where Bethune lies right now, man. They they got beat up they got beat up bad last week. Draylon Ellis and those and, and those guys put up I believe forty one points. They were also. Um, they also turn the ball over a lot, man. And we know if if you turn the ball over against Jackson State, they're probably taking it for six, and and, and that's gonna it's gonna get out of hand. So I got Jackson State winning this one, big man. Um, I think I think Jackson State probably wins this one by four plus scores. If I had if I just had if I just had to put a prediction on it, I, I think four plus scores for Jackson State this weekend. Now, FAMU Grambling, extremely extremely interesting game for me because you because let's let's give credit where credit is due famu has looked like a different team since since that loss to well jackson state in week two they're pulled they've pulled off multiple multiple straight wins mooses look better and the the wide receiver right now xavier smith might he's he's on track to potentially be one of the top wide receivers in the fcs this season statistically and if Grambling cannot stop him, things are going to get extremely out of hand this weekend. And for Grambling, I think – I don't know how y'all feel. This is a must-win, in my opinion, for Grambling. If Grambling doesn't win this game, I, I don't I don't know what the season predictions for Grambling are going to be moving forward because Southern looks like they've kind of turned a corner. You, you look at their – you just look at their schedule, and I, I have a hard time finding some wins on that schedule for them. Especially with with Hawkins and Calvez going back and forth for the quarterback one position, Rash has been electric at wide receiver. But even with Maurice Washington quote unquote healthy last week, he had one of his worst games of the season last year. And so, I, I just I just don't know where to put Grambling, man. I, I I just lack confidence in what they're in what they're going to bring. And so I got Famu winning this one twenty seven to ten. Uh, I, I just don't trust Grambling's offense to put up points. I think this is a game for Isaiah Major. I think this is a game for Isaiah Land and and those guys to go go get some money, man. I, I just I don't think Grambling's a contender this year. And I mean, there's some people who thought they wouldn't be, and that that's fine. But I didn't think it would look as bad as it has this year. I thought they would still look a little bit better than than, than what they have up to this point, man. But I got Fanview twenty-seven to ten over Grambling this weekend now um for, just for some fcs games man we're gonna we're gonna cruise through these that way we can get to your calls and comments man um incarnate word Nichols. I, I put this game on here because this is lindsey scott's return to face his old team in Nichols state Th- this could be 
one of those games where you look at you you look at the end of the day and say, man, he he was on a mission because I th- I think Lindsey Scott Jr. GJ Kenny is going to just open up the playbook and allow him to say, I want to win the Walter Payton and I want to show you why you guys are going to miss me. And he's returning to Thibodeau, Louisiana, and he is going to put on a show, man. Uh, Kalechi and Alabechi has been is probably in the, I would say, back end of the of the race for the Butt Buchanan. But for Nickel State, they haven't played very well this year. They just got their first win against uh, Houston Houston uh, Christian last week. Colin Guggenheim and Julian Gums have been solid at running back, but the inconsistency at quarterback now that Lindsey Scott is gone. I just don't know if they have enough firepower. I got Incarnate Word winning this one convincingly. Now for Western Carolina versus Furman, th- this is this is a SoCon elimination game to say the least. Western Carolina get got absolutely their doors blown off by Mercer last weekend. Furman's right there on the edge of top 25 consideration. They're probably going to be in the playoff race if they can win this one and string some together uh, string together some wins moving forward. This is a must win for both of these teams. I think Furman has a better rushing attack, and I think the defense is going to be able to suffocate WCU's passing attack, similar to how Mercer did last week. Give me Furman in a in a in a, cl- in a close game over WCU. I li- um, let's see, Lawrence, I like it. Western Carolina over Furman, 25-23. UIW favored by twenty one and a half. Jesus Christ, man! I think they cover it. I would say take UIW by twenty one and a half. Just in just in my opinion, but you know we'll see. My picks have been pretty good this year, but I don't know how how they have been against the spread. I need to go back and look. But Montana versus Idaho is a game. It's a ranked matchup for me. I have Idaho at twenty five. This is this is a prove it game for both of these teams. A prove it game, and Montana, one of the few remaining undefeated teams in the FCS. And if you're a Montana fan, you have to love the guy pictured. On this slide, Lucas Johnson has lived up to all the hype transfer transferring in from San Diego State. Montana has just lacked a game changing quarterback, and he's been that 16 total touchdowns over a thousand passing yards. He's been electric. Marcus Knight finally showed up two weeks ago before the bye week. I think Marcus Knight has the ability to be one of the better running backs in the country. And, of course, Patrick O'Connell is a guy to watch on the defensive side along with Justin Ford and those guys. Montana has one of the best defenses in the country. And the Vandals, top 25 consideration, 3-0 and in FCS games. Their two losses were to FBS programs and competitive games. Giovanni McCoy has been great at quarterback for them as well. Ten touchdowns this year. And Jermaine Jackson, almost 500 yards receiving, has emerged as that number one ta- target in 5A, 5A, 50 total tackles this year at the linebacker spot is going to play a significant role against this Montana offense. I like Idaho's makeup, and I think I said coming into the season, I thought Idaho was about a year or two away from really competing for the big sky. I think it's close early, but Montana coming off a bye week, Montana with Lucas Johnson in this defense, I think pull away late. Give me Montana winning this one 34-17. So, Montana 34-17 over the Vandals this weekend. Now, this I, I've ran out of space, space on the HBCU uh, slide, so we're going to talk a little bit about Harvard versus Howard. This is the, I believe, second annual Truth and Service Classic. They're having this game at um, Audi Field. Um, I think that's up in D.C. It was a soccer stadium. And 
that Howard is right now 0-1-1 against Ivy League teams. That you've got to win this one. You have to you have to win this one. You cannot go you cannot go 0-2 against Ivy League teams, and it's just going to come down to the quarterback play. I've talked about this since what week zero. Quentin Williams is is going to have to be better. He he just is. They they have a solid rushing attack. Jarrett Hunter, the leading rusher. They still they still have James back there. They have a they have a rotation of running backs, but they just don't have any quarterback play. And Harvard has been extremely efficient with the run, five hundred and one yards and six touchdowns behind Aiden Borget. And also the difference for me and why I'm going with Har- with Harvard in this game is the front seven: Thor Griffith and Nate Lezek. Uh, I believe it's Lezekovic. Five tackles for loss for him, four and a half sacks. Thor Griffith plays in the backfield, man, almost seven tackles for loss this season. And the Ivy League started three weeks behind everyone else. Give me, give me Harvard 30 to 17, along with Alex Washington being a shutdown corner for, for the Crimson defense. I got Harvard beating, uh, beating Howard this weekend in Audi Field. Now, a handful of other games real quickly, man. A lot of these, a lot of these things are going to be in the article dropping tomorrow in our FCS predictions. Elon versus Rhode Island is a game that I'm extremely nervous on. I can see both teams winning, potentially winning this game. Elon has been extremely hot. Wins over William and Mary and Richmond. Matthew McKay, Montana State quarterback transfer, has really been an electric piece of this Elon offense. Marcus Hillman on the defensive on the defensive side of the ball. Is going is is going to be a problem. Forty three total tackles, nine for loss. In Rhode Island, they have to assert themselves in the CAA race. If they don't win this game, I do think it's going to be hard pressed for them to find a route to the playoffs. And the shield at running back has been explosive. Kasim Hill has to be more efficient though against a talented Elon defense. I'm going to ride with Elon in a close one, but I would not be surprised if, if Rhode Island pulled off this upset. But I think Elon has too much momentum, and I'm done doubting McKay, man. I think McKay gets it done, and McKay, win, and McKay leads Elon to another close win this weekend as they march potentially into top 10 consideration after this weekend. Now, Sacramento State, EWU, this is a game I'm extremely excited to see. Eastern Washington is 1-4. But they've played the second toughest schedule in the country, and this is their second top five matchup of the season. And I don't know who signed up that schedule, man. They've had to play Oregon. They've had they've had to play Montana State, Sac State. They've had just a brutal schedule. Also, Florida, the wide receiving core has to go make plays for their for for Gunner Talkington. Efton Chisholm and Freddie Robinson have been electric at wide receiver but the rushing attack has allowed over 280 yards per game. And this is a Sac State team that has been extremely balanced, averaging over 515 yards per game, and they've done it through the air and on the ground. Asher O'Hara has been extremely impressive for me this season. And Cameron, uh, I believe it's Skabibo, um, if I'm not mistaken, 539, five touchdowns. He ranks fourth in the country in yards per carry. Give me Sac State in a close one. A very close one. I don't. I don't see. I don't see Eastern Washington getting their doors blown off, but I. But I do think that they're able to keep it competitive. But I like Sac State as a team. I think the defense is too talented, and I do think the offense is going to be able to establish the run. And I, I got Sac State winning a close one over Eastern Washington. Now, for Villanova Richmond is a game that. 
I don't know how y'all feel. Where would y'all put Villanova right now? I don't. I have them just outside my top twenty-five. I I just I just don't think Villanova has lived up to the hype this year. They came in defending CAA champs, and I just I just don't think they've had it. I think Reese Udinsky comes in as the best quarterback in this matchup. He's completed he leads the country in completion percentage, almost eighty percent completion percentage, fifteen hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, only one pick. And he also has Aaron Dykes and Savon Smith at the running back spot, both almost at 300 yards. And you've got one of the best linebackers in the country in Tristan Wheeler. I do think Richmond comes into this one as the more talented team. And the biggest thing for Villanova is turnovers, man. Connor Watkins already eight interceptions this year. And Jalen Jackson and uh, DeWill Barley have been great at running back, combined for seven rushing touchdowns. But Connor Watkins can do it on the ground, but I just don't think he's consistent enough through the air to win this football game. So I'm I'm going to go with Richmond in a close game here, but I just I just don't know what happened to Villanova, man. I think they lost a lot of people to graduation, and I just I think they they came into the season with extremely high expectations, preseason top ten team, and the, and they just they just haven't been able to put it together. So give me the Spiders in a close one, and. Finally, man, Mercer, ETSU. This is a game that I almost went to before before I locked in my uh, <laughs> my trip this weekend to Baton Rouge. I'm just going to keep this short, man. I- I'm just going to keep it as short as humanly possible. Give me the Bears big. I, I'm on the bandwagon for Mercer this year. Fred Payton has been amazing this year, man. Only quarterback in the country not to throw an interception. 1,400 yards, 16 touchdowns. Austin Douglas has been great at the running back spot. And so far, Tyler Riddell has not been the guy. Jacob Saylors is amazing. But if you're one-dimensional against this against this Mercer defense, you saw what ha- can happen last week. Give me Mercer in, in a big win over ETSU. And next week, man, I'm so excited for next week, man. I'm, I will be at the Mercer-Chattanooga game. I'm hoping that's a top-10 matchup. I'm hoping the voters start putting some respect on Mercer's name. I think Mercer Chattanooga is going to be one of the best. It's probably the best game going into next week, and, and I cannot wait to be at that game. And finally, everyone knows who the game of the week is: North Dakota State, South Dakota State in the Fargo Dome this weekend. It is going to be a hell of a matchup, to say the least. And this is going to be a battle for who is number one in the country come Monday morning when the FCS stats perform poll drops. And um, man, this is this is this is going. I'm so excited. I, I would I want to be in the Fargo Dome so bad this weekend for this matchup. And so, comment your predictions, man. Let me check the poll real quick because uh, I know I put a I know I put a poll in the chat, and I want to see how you guys voted on it. So let me pull it up real quick. So we got 109 votes. 58% of the votes went to North Dakota State, South Dakota State with 42% of the votes. So a lot of people riding with the bison, but it is close, almost 50, uh, just over 58%. Let's see. Uh, South Dakota South Dakota State. He said Montana, Montana State will eventually move into the Mountain West. Uh, North Dakota State, Jackrabbits by four, NDSU by three, NDSU over SDSU. Oh, Easy, Lawrence. I don't know about easy. Ah, that that okay, Lawrence. I was not expecting you to uh to say that. So North Dakota State is a three and a half point favorite over over the uh, 
over the Jackrabbits this weekend. I'm not surprised. I think what you get three, you get three points, Jason, for home field advantage, usually in betting. So what it's almost it's pretty much a pick'em game almost. I like it. Uh we got another South Dakota State here. Uh NDSU is 59th in Russian defense. That and turnovers will be the difference. I like your thinking, Ron. So let me give you all kind of my thoughts on this game. North Dakota State, I'm I'm gonna be honest, last week really scared me. I saw a lot of issues with North Dakota State last week. I think, you know, you just mentioned in the comments, turnovers, injuries, man, they're missing a lot of pieces, especially in that front seven for the Bison that that play important roles in what they want to do defensively in terms of playing fast, playing loose, and they're missing a lot of experience up front just due to injuries. And when you look at, and when you look at South Dakota State, what they're going to want to do is run the football. Isaiah Davis is starting to come on strong, and I think South Dakota State, with Tucker Craft coming back as well, it seems like these teams are going in two different directions, where North Dakota State is dealing with injuries, kind of trying to figure out who they are. South Dakota State is going in the complete opposite direction, finding themselves and also getting healthy at the perfect time. And that that is concerning. I think Isaiah Davis is the X factor for me. If Isaiah Davis can can be the guy, get 100 plus yards rushing, be efficient, keep the ball with South Dakota State, and really do something similar to what happened with the Youngstown State, where they kept that game low scoring because of Jaleel McLaughlin's ability to run the football, and I think Mark Gronikowski is a better quarterback than anybody on uh, Youngstown State's roster right now. Mark Gronikowski. 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, only three picks, and he's a rushing threat. And the Yankee twins have been great. Zach Kahn's has been great at the tight end spot. But with Tucker Craft coming back, I think that's going to be a major test for the defense of North Dakota State on how to try to stop him. The X factor for North Dakota State's easy. It's, it's the Walter Payton Award, um, uh, you know, whoever, whatever you want to say, candidate in Hunter Lipke. Hunter Lipke, six and a half yards per carry, man. Eight touchdowns, 480 yards rushing this year. You still have Tameric Williams. You still got Kobe Johnson. Was it uh, Ganella is still in there too? They have they have spots for that they want to put Cole Payton in. I'm going to be interested to see the creativity in North Dakota State and whether they can they can establish themselves on a very very talented front seven for South Dakota State. That that that's going. That's going to be my question is can the offensive line who they have two of the top five highest graded offensive linemen in the country right now, can they establish themselves on a front seven that is that is extremely efficient for South Dakota State? Adam Bach is all over the field, 50 total tackles, four and a half for loss, three sacks for the, for the Jackrabbits. I, I want to see can Caleb Sanders, can, can those guys up front, Reese Winkleman, can those guys stop? the rushing attack of North Dakota State. Whoever rushes the ball better will win this game. That That's how I feel. Uh, let's see. South Dakota State will handle NDSU's run game. QB Miller won't be good enough to bail them out. SDSU by four. NDSU is the FCS standard. They're actually good. They don't rely on hype and attention. You guys, Cam Miller's efficiency is going to be huge. I wish all you maniacs can be at the Dome on Saturday. <laughs> Big upset about the Jackrabbits. Uh, six neutral would be negative. It'll be one point. Okay. Let's see. SCSU is overrated. They beat UC Davis by two. I like these predictions, man. I like to see NDSU, SDSU, MSU, and UM all move up to the Mountain West. 
disagree with you, Cam Miller has to hit something downfield in order to keep the safeties honest. Otherwise, SDSU's defense can just cheat in the secondary and run support. One thing I can promise, <laughs> 28-6 SDSU. I like it. I mean, they're both going to have to take deep shots because both defenses are too good for them to load the boxes. If if either team allows the other team just to put eight, nine in the box, it's going to be hard to run the football. And what, man, this this game's so hard to predict. And I'll give you all my prediction, man. I I have South Dakota State pulling off the upset. Give me South Dakota State by three this weekend in the Fargo Dome upsetting North Dakota State. I just think right now I've seen too many inconsistencies from North Dakota State. I think South Dakota State and Isaiah Davis are able to establish the rushing attack due to some injuries on the interior of that North Dakota State defensive line. And South Dakota State is able to make just enough plays to come out of the Fargo Dome with a big win and and be and be the number one team in the country come Monday, man. And I agree here. That's the other thing. I think Right now, I'm taking Gronikowski over Cam to miss one. So give me South Dakota State by three. Um, man, if I I'll say 23-20 South Dakota State over North Dakota State this weekend, man. Uh, y'all can call in. Uh, let's see, seven, 701-779-9585 is the call in number. I'm gonna take a little bit of time to answer y'all's calls and also uh, answer some comments in the chat uh, about any game. This weekend, he said, I can't wait to pick Alabama for the Iron Bowl. Man, if you don't pick Alabama for the Iron Bowl, you are you're giving away money. Dave, I'll just say this, man. Take Alabama with whatever the point spread is over Auburn. Okay. I'm just gonna tell you. Both MSU and U of M will soon have 45,000 seat stadiums and we'll fill them. The refs are always a always a factor, Lawrence. In, in any game at the FCS level, I think there's a lot of conferences that that have ref problems, to say the least. The projected score is 25-21, basically. So my 23-20s right there, probably take the under, Jason. Uh, especially with two good defenses like this, I'll, I'll take the under. Stonehill, what do you know? Um, not a lot about Stonehill. I believe they're new. I know they won a big game, what was it, two, one or two weeks ago, Jason? But I don't know a lot about the history of the program. But I'll do some research for you, man. I'll, I'll, get, you the, I'll get you the rundown come next episode. Going to send the SWAC refs to NDSU. <laughs> oh, Wayne, you you are you're a problem, man. He said I'm picking Bama and I'm bored. <laughs> I agree, but man, let me give let me give a brief recap for the people who uh, just tuning in. Man, I got Lindsey Scott right now would be my vote for the Walter Payton, Tim Demoret in a close second. I got John Pius over Patrick O'Connell in the Buck Buchanan right now. I got. NCCU winning a close game over Morgan State tomorrow night on ESPN2. Can't make a prediction on the Southern Alcorn game due to me being there to cover that game. Give me Jackson State over Bethune-Cookman in a big win. FAMU over Grambling. I got Incarnate Word putting up big points over Nichols, especially in Lindsey Scott's return to Nichols State. Give me Furman over WCU. The Grizz over the Vandals in a close game. Give me, give me Harvard over Howard. Uh, Elon over Rhode Island, Sac State over Eastern Washington, Richmond over Villanova, Mercer over ETSU, and in the game of the week, got South Dakota State by three over North Dakota State this weekend. And all our and all the picks can be found on our website tomorrow morning, thebluebloodspod.com, with more breakdowns. Um, 
more breakdowns, more in-depth analysis on the website tomorrow. Let's see. Yes, and the plans have already been designed. They're upgrading all the facilities. Yeah, I think because what if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jackson got approved uh, for a stadium this week too. So there's a few FCS programs that that have new stadiums kind of in the works to say the least. Uh, let's see. Let me try to catch up on some of these comments from earlier. He said Richmond over Nova by 21. Gunner is not EB. That kid does not have the accuracy to keep the safeties from creeping up and helping him run support. That's a fair. That's a fair analysis. Uh, I can only root for Villanova in basketball. Sadly, I have Eastern Washington. Ooh, that's a big upset pick there, Lawrence. Idaho to a South Dakota State coordinator knows how to win with less. Idaho is a hundred times better than I ever thought they would be. Yeah, they've they've exceeded my expectations by a lot. He said NDSU by ten. I can't even be <laughs> Dave, man, you're killing me with killing me with that. I still got your bad I'll just remember come playoff time though. SCSU is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's that's what me and uh uh Sonic Sonic Boom in the in the chat was like, man, I just don't want the Dakotas to win the national championship. And I was like, to be fair, like South Dakota State has never won a national title. And so he's rooting against South Dakota State to win the title just because of the success of North Dakota State. He was like, anybody but the Dakotas. Um, <laughs> winning the national championship, but I, I agree with you, Dave. Um, play playoff time is different, and I I think anyone who's watched FCS football understands that there are there are certain teams that are ready to compete when it comes late November in December and into January. Wilson, as long as they keep winning, I don't know where he's getting the spreads from. Uh, Texas A&M Commerce or UIW? Give me UIW right now, Lawrence. We'll see. I mean, Texas A&M Commerce, this is their first year at the FCS level. Um, so I think they got some room to grow, Lawrence. I think the win over Southeastern Louisiana was big, but I, I, I'm not one of those guys that think the transitive property rule always applies in college football. I know there's some people that love to use it. They're like, well, if one team beat this team, that means this team would beat this team and so on and so forth. That's just not how college football works. Every game, every game should be taken as an individual game moving forward. And so I I don't, I I still think UIW is a better team than Texas A&M commerce right now, but I am excited for the future of commerce. I think their coach over there is great. He's been there for, he's, been there for a good while if i'm not mistaken the defense plays t- physical and they've really had a quarterback emerge this year lawrence that i didn't see coming uh they had a quarterback battle this all season and man it, it, i forget i'm blanking on the kid's name lawrence but he's had an explosive year this year for commerce and he was a major reason why they pulled off that upset last week over southeastern louisiana i personally know montana state and the yellowstone club are leaking up a lot lately you get a full bar tent on the field for each game, trying to get that big booster money. And they've never beaten NDSU in the playoffs. A big O for six. I was about to say, I thought they've played more than more than twice. Now, I will I will say, Dave, I I would root for that. If if there's a way that North Dakota State, South Dakota State can be on opposite sides of the bracket, please make it happen. Because I would love to see uh I would love to, I, I would love to see a big rivalry game in the national championship, whether it's North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, Montana State, any of those games in the Natty in Frisco would be amazing, especially with me traveling to cover that game this year. I would absolutely love to, to see that one 
in person because I, I've wanted because that's a long trip for me, man. Next year, I'm going to be at either North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and or Montana State, uh, Montana next year. I will absolutely be at one of those games next season. I'm making that trip. No questions asked, at least one of them. And then the next year, I'll go to the other one. I, that's two games I want to. I really want to experience in person. I got my checklist of a big FCS matchups that I want to that I want to be at moving forward, man. But uh, let me get to this first slide. So, man, I'm, I'll probably be on for another 10, 15 minutes, 701-779-9585, man. Call in if y'all want. If not, man, y'all can catch me after this on HBCU Nightly on Twitter. My guy Josh and Dr. Cavill and all those guys do an amazing space. And I'm going to be over there talking some football with them. So maybe Tom Brady <laughs> could be SDSU nods and MSU on opposite sides of the bracket. As uh, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, or MSU versus UM and Frisco, that'd be sick regardless of which. I mean, I know they usually sell out Frisco, but man, I can just imagine the atmosphere on in, in both of those games. It would be, it would be one of the biggest matchups, I think that the national championship has ever had in there. I mean, we'll see, like you said, I think both there, there's some teams, even with Montana has to overcome some things that have, that have killed them in, in the past few years. And South Dakota state has got to overcome all the demons that they've had to fight in the playoffs, but it would, it would be absolutely insane. I agree as class, it would be insane to see NDSU versus SDSU in the natty. I would I, I just I just like to see good football, man. That's the only thing I'm hoping out of conference scheduling continues to work and, and we get some good matchups in the playoffs because I'll, I'll be traveling through the first few rounds of the playoffs anyway. And and I've been tr- kind of saving up my money because for, so for some of those semifinal matchups, I, I'm going to try to make a trip to a to a huge, huge game in the in the semifinals. Fordham over Stony Brook, big time Lawrence. I don't even think that's a close game. I think for I think Fordham's able to pull away from Stony Brook. Um, my heart couldn't handle the Cats versus Grids in the SCS championship. <laughs> Man, at you know, as as an alum of Auburn, yeah, I, I probably couldn't handle the Iron Bowl in the national championship either. So I, I feel that, but I think I think that would be a hell of a game this year, especially. Okay, so the, my question for Montana State fans, though, is, is going to be, I know we had a caller last episode that talked about that uh, Malat should be healthy this weekend. It's probably going to take over the QB1 spot. But I don't I don't know how you guys feel. I, I really do think, based on what I've seen over the past few weeks, I, I think you've got to keep Chambers in there in some capacity. Chambers has been electric this year. Cha- I, I just I, – I just, think taking him off killing that momentum i mean he's leading the country in um in rushing touchdowns this year with 15 as a quarterback and he wasn't even the starter through the first part of the season i think chambers has earned his keep and even if even if Malat takes i guess the quote unquote starter job you still have to keep chambers in in some uh capacity i think and okay dan yeah that was you tommy throw for throw is a better passer Said no way Chambers is better. <laughs> uh see QB should not lose job due to injury, electric versus weak opponents. I, I disagree with you can't lose your job due to injury. Uh it's happened a thousand times. I mean, uh what I mean, literally one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and Tom Brady only got his opportunity because of Drew Bledsoe's injury. I, I don't think you could say you can't lose your job due to injury. If you lose your if you go down and the backup is playing better than you were when you were healthy, 
then I, I think you, I, you you can lose your job. And in, in my opinion, I think it's okay to lose your job due to injury. If if the backup quarterback comes in and is better, oh, should not. Okay, just can't. Yeah, uh, it, it's a tough look, but I just I you got to get college football is so. In the age of the transfer portal, you have options. If I'm a coach, especially with the shelf life of coaches being two, three years, man, I, I'm moving. I'm moving on. <laughs> we need to open up the uh, offense as much as possible. But the, I knew the Drew Bledsoe's <laughs> comments were coming, but I get what you mean, Jason. It is a tough look. Um, can a big sky team get the number two seed? I have a big sky team in my number two seed right now, Lawrence. I have Montana at two. Whoever – it. Whoever wins the Big Sky, I think, is a two seed. And I said this weekend, whoever wins the North Dakota State, South Dakota State game this weekend is probably going to get the one seed. I don't see either team losing moving forward unless it's like a shocking upset. Whoever wins the game this weekend will probably be the one seed. I think the Big Sky champion will be the two seed. The three seed will probably be the loser of the North Dakota State, South Dakota State game. And then the second place Big Sky team will probably be the four seed. And then you have an opportunity for an, for three or four big sky teams to get seeds, in my opinion, because Sac State, I mean, Montana, Montana State, Sac State, Weber State, all have a all are going to have resumes to be seeds this year, and I, it just it depends on who beats who or if one of them falls off out of nowhere moving down the stretch. But you have multiple teams who I think could be seeds. So I do I think a big sky team is almost guaranteed a two seed. Right now, Lawrence, unless chaos happens and you and you just have a bunch of upsets randomly, like Idaho catches someone or like a Portland State or someone like that upsets one of the top teams or even like an Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington has some big games still moving forward, but I have confidence that a base guy team will probably be the number two will be one of the base guy teams will be at the two seed. Dak might not get his job back. I'm, Wayne, I'm going to ask about that on the roundtable. I need to know if Cowboy fans really want Cooper Rush in there over Dak Prescott because I'm going to be honest, I never thought that would happen. Never thought that would happen. Eagles fans still thinks we should have kept Nick Foles. How do you trade him in that one US Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, man, I'm a Dolphins fan. So, I, listen, we haven't even sniffed. We haven't even sniffed what an AFC championship since I was born. So I, I can't have really a big opinion on it. Chambers will tell you how much uh, Tommy helps them with the house rights crazy offensive each week. That's fair. Just to point out, the Missouri Valley is a tough conference. It's not another round forever wins the NDSU game to lose to a bottom team. It happened and can still happen. I'm trying to think, Dave, on both of those schedules. Who – because – South because you know Missouri State didn't live up to the hype, and they've and South Dakota State's already played them. And I don't think North Dakota State plays them. Let me pull up each schedule. We'll start with North Dakota State real quick. I need to look at their schedule because I I was looking earlier. I didn't see a loss on there. So after this weekend, uh, they play Illinois State, Western Illinois, North Dakota. Okay, the only game. The only game that I can see North Dakota State possibly losing, Dave, is that road trip to Southern Illinois on November twelfth. That that in uh, in Illinois, that that's probably the game I would pick if I had to pick one, Dave. If if they win this weekend, that's the only game I can see you guys losing. Now let me go to South Dakota State.
So after this weekend, they traveled to North Dakota. They got Indiana State. Okay, maybe the fifth with Northern Iowa because traveling to Northern Iowa is always a it's always a tough game, and Northern Iowa always plays really, 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 really hard, and that's a road game for them. You, you, I don't know, man. I don't see a loss, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Northern Iowa. So Northern Iowa for South Dakota State's their best chance, and also SIU versus NDSU is probably North Dakota State's best chance to lose after this game. I would say those two games are the trap games on their schedule. Russ just holding down till Dak back. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Oh, Kevin. Hey, I like it. North Dakota versus SDSU next week. Yeah, I mean, North Dakota could be a team to watch out for. Big Sky's the hardest teams. Watch out for EWU and UC Davis playing upset the rest of the season. Uh, Yes, SIU um, and DSU. North Dakota has upset SDSU before. Northern Iowa is always a (laughs) – Oh, Dave, come on, man. Daniel, Idaho is going to beat someone. Just wondering, have you heard anything on the city of Jackson approving JSU over $120 million for a new stadium? Um, I, I don't know a lot about the story, Will, but I did I did hear they, they got some sort of funds for it. Um, I'm interested to see what uh, – I, I, I want to see what Jackson State fans feel because I've seen a lot of interesting takes. So I heard some people want minimum 50K, some want 60 um, others want like 35 with with like some box seating and some suites. Um, if, if anybody on the anybody in the chat, well, I mean, if you were if you were if you had the decision to make for Jackson, what how big would you make the stadium? What kind of like design or like features would you want it to have? Because for me, I, th- I think anywhere between 40 and 45 with some solid uh, box seating, suite seating, and things like that would be would be the move. And especially if you build it closer to the field. And make it, you know, make it a little bit more modern looking. I think that could, that could, it could be a hell of a home field advantage to say the least. So, you can let me know how you feel about that on the in the chat. Uh, I'll look it up for you, man. Uh, real quick. Alcorn number one in stats. I, they probably are up there close because I think they had what eleven sacks versus uh, who was it? McNeese. Alcorn is. In total sacks, let's see. Incarnate Word in Western Carolina lead the country in sacks right now with 24. Southern Illinois is third with 23. New Hampshire in fourth with 21. So Alcorn is is in fifth with 20 sacks, but they do they're they're second in average sacks per game. So they're fifth in total sacks right now. JM. South Dakota, South Dakota upset SDSU twice before this year, and they upset NDSU in 2015. Goats have flashes of brilliance. Uh, this week in fight, who you got, J-Max or G? I mean, I can't pick that one either. Listen, I got to do a show with them at the game, Lawrence. I, I, I can't pick with my guys, but they, they look like they were training hard in that video, man. The, the creativity is ridiculous with them, too. 60K seating. Uh, MSU will go back to the office they have. We'll see Chambers a lot. I'm excited to see what – they do this week. We're both on back in the lineup. Good luck to any defense. <laughs> Wayne just says seat backs. That's the only thing he wants is seat backs. 45K, 40K, 45K with sweets and boxes. I like that. That's what I – yeah, I agree. You got to have some sweets and boxes in there. At least 60K. 45K to 50K with box sweets. Not this year, sir. With the ability to add. 
40k would be perfect 60k too much 45k the sweet spot no we need at least a 50k cedar that's not i mean so it, i think the the distinguishing factor when when determining stadium size it's going to depend if you want like the high end so if you build like a 60k stadium you got to be okay with not selling it out every week where it's like okay yeah we, it, it might not look great when we have valley come in or Bethune or, 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 you know, some of the fan bases that don't travel super well or aren't going to be a huge draw. But when you have like a 45K stadium, are you going to be okay with only having 45K for the Soul Bowl or the Southern game or the boom, you know, the boom box with Southern? But you're probably going to sell out more games. That That's the question is because would you rather sell out more games or just have the ability to have 60K in for the, for the huge games? That's, um, that's that's the question, I guess, to, to ask on that. G is coming into Saturday riding on emotions. I picked him with the Braves lose. He had to make up for wearing SU gear and singing the song. <laughs> oh man, I forgot. Yeah, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that game. It's gonna be fun in Baton Rouge. Shout out to G and um and them for <clears throat> inviting us down there. Hey, but if PV would have beat Southern. PV would have beat Southern if they had not started the fight. So we'll see that the old Southern because no fighting will take place. Uh, no comment on that. No, no comment on the brawl beforehand. But real quick, man, before I get out of here, the one question I do have for you guys, I was talking to someone about this. If you had to rank the top three FCS conferences right this second, in terms, it, it could be in terms of success, depth, out of conference wins, whatever. Like, who do you guys think is the best FCS conference, and who do you think are two and three right now throughout this season? Um, in terms of in terms of on the field performance this year, just through just through the first six weeks, who do you think the top three FCS conferences are in the country? And then we're in the show with that forty five k with enhanced ticket pricing for the big games and more home games. I like that. Definitely got to have a tiered system for the games 45k with room to expand later down the line so it looks like a lot of people are are somewhat agreeing it's like 40 to 45k maybe somewhere around 48 would be would be the best and i, I agree with you i think 40 to 45k with with nice seating and everything like that it, it would be solid so we got the big sky caa valley mbfc big sky caa um, Sean, I got your question. I'll, I'm going to come back to it. Big Sky, SoCon. Ooh, the SoCon at two, Lawrence. Now that, you might you might have a point because the SoCon right now has what? Mercer is top 15. Chattanooga's top 15. Sanford's right there at the top 15. Um, the problem is you you have the people who will look down on like the Citadel, um, Wofford, and things like that. But I, I, like the, I like the SoCon pick there, Lawrence. I really do. I like the SOCOM pick there. Missouri Valley, Big Sky, CAA. A CAA one, Sean. Okay. Big Sky, SOCON. Oh, if I had to just pick off the top of my head, I, I think my number, one, my number one conference right now would have to be the Big Sky. I think the Big Sky would probably be one just because you have – I think the top end is so strong, man. Uh, you, Montana – Montana State, Sac State, Weber State, man, all those all those teams are extremely talented. I think those are teams that all can make runs in the playoffs. And then I still I still don't think Eastern Washington is a bad team, man. They they won their out of conference game, 
And I think they would beat a lot of t- a lot of teams in the country, especially even like in the lower end of the top 25. I still think Eastern Washington could compete with those teams. And even like a UC Davis, man, I, I don't think is a horrible team. It's just they've had such a brutal schedule. So I, I think the big sky would have to be number one for me. Um, and then man, two through four, because I think the MVFC, the CAA and the SOCON are all right there. Because uh, the SoCon is so top is is so strong at the top, but I think the ETSU's fall off right now and WCU falling off these past few weeks has really hurt the SoCon. But man, they are strong in that top three because I think Mercer, Chattanooga, and Sanford are legit contenders this year in the playoffs. And then for the MVFC, of course, you got your you know who it is. I the only the thing that's hurting the MVFC is Missouri State looking like they do. Missouri State looks terrible. And that's that was a team that I, I really did think would, would compete for in in the playoffs this year. Right now, I don't think they have a shot at the playoffs. I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I think Missouri State is completely out of the playoff race. I, I just I don't think one they have enough quality games left on their schedule to to rebound. And man, they've lost every important game that they were supposed to win. And the loss to North Dakota, I think, was kind of like the the nail in the coffin for for their resume. Missouri, Big Sky CAA, MBFC, Big Sky SoCon. I like it. <laughs> I like it, Wayne. Tennessee and, and, and Syracuse getting the big wins, according to my guy Wayne. If Prom is involved, he has Prom's house section, which is on the field. Big Sky SoCon CAA. Actually, I changed my pick. Missouri Valley and Big Sky flip number one and two weekly. I'll give Big Sky one this week, but it can change quickly, especially in November and uh, January. Big Sky VFC CAA. Uh, what are the take or percent? Um, our conference is taken from team games. My understanding is the SWAC is taking 40%. I have to do some research. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I don't I don't know exactly what the conferences are taking from other from uh, what you know, like the MVFC Big Sky are taking from teams. I'll do some research though and get back to you. But yeah, 40% seems kind of high. I'm not gonna lie. But I, I I don't know off the top of my head what the other FCS conferences are doing. I don't cut out either. They're the last base guy to win in Frisco. <sighs> okay, question. Because they have the second hardest schedule in the country right now um, in terms of Eastern Washington, in case you don't know what he meant by E-Dub. If Eastern Washington found a way to win out, do they get in the playoffs? That That's my question for the chat. Do they get in the playoffs? Let me pull up their schedule real quick because this has been, this has been something I, I was thinking about with, with how tough that just their road has been. If they beat Sac State, and that's, this is including a win over Sac State. So right now they're sitting at one and four. They got a win over Tennessee State, losses to Oregon and Florida, a three-point loss to Montana State, a loss to Weber. If they win out, they would, if they win out, they would have wins over Sac State a win over Cal Poly, a win over Portland State, a win over Idaho, a win a win on the road at Montana, and a win over Northern Colorado. So they would they would be six and four with that. Because for me, when I look at even though they've played a difficult schedule early, I don't see enough big wins because I don't think Northern Colorado and and teams like that are gonna are gonna count very much for their playoff resume. So I think Eastern Washington is eliminated from playoff contention right now. Um, so I, I just want to see how y'all felt about that because someone asked me um, in the DMs if if I had to 
if, if I were to put them in it. So they would they would have wins over two top five teams in Sac State and uh, Montana, but I just I don't I don't know about the other wins. He's Ron said no, Daniel no. Ron said it ain't happening though. <laughs> um, Eastern Washington has to get a spot if they win. I'll change my mind. Uh, so Aaron, uh, I think the winner of the CAA is going to get a, is going to get a um, a seed. But no, Elon's in the playoffs. Aaron, I, I think Elon, unless they just like lose out out of nowhere, Elon's in the playoffs. And I think if Elon finds a way to win the CAA, they could they could slot into that eight or seven spot and get a seed. Whoever wins the CAA, I think, gets either the seven or eight seed. I think Mercer is going to be in that running with by winning the SoCon if they win out. Or if even Chattanooga wins out, they could be in that running. But uh, Weber State is going to make a run, I think, at a seed as well. Um, but no, Elon, Elon's in the playoffs right now, Aaron, unless just everything falls apart. I mean, you look, they have what wins over Richmond, wins over William & Mary. What is, what is Let's see what the rest of their schedule looks like. But no, if I had to, if I, uh, <clears throat> I have Elon in my bracket right now. Uh, let's see. So right now, Elon is sitting at five and one. Their only losses to Vanderbilt. They have a win over Wofford, <clears throat> win over Gardner Webb, a ranked William and Mary team, a ranked Richmond team, a win over Townsend. If they win this weekend, I'll beat a ranked Rhode Island team, beat New Hampshire, who could be ranked. They still got to play Delaware, U Albany, and Hampton. If Elon wins out, man, they're they're easily in. And even if they lose, I think one or two games, I still think um let's see. I still think they make it. Elon QB blows it at the end of the season and they don't make the playoffs. I know the QB. Yeah, I'm sure I know you do, Daniel. <laughs> I, I I knew you had some familiar uh he was pretty familiar. UC Davis and EW, you were done if they went out. I agree with you on that. MVFC only has two strong teams that uh, they played this weekend. Big Sky four. I agree, Lawrence. I, okay, so you could pos- – I think I think the MVFC has two elite teams, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. I do think they have two very good teams in uh, – or at least one in, in uh, Southern Illinois. And also I, 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 North Dakota is, has been pretty solid. So I think I think – you're right. Uh, Big Sky has more elite teams and and uh, national championship contenders, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I hate that we are halfway through the season, man. I hate that it's week seven. I was I was getting ready for this episode, and I was like, damn, man. Like, I'm gonna have to get back to all season content soon, and I hate the off season, man, because you got to talk about just a bunch of storylines, what ifs, and everyone thinks their team's gonna win the national title. Uh, I just, man, it, it sucks that we're already at week seven. I applied for my media credential today, Jordan. Um, I should be at that game it, it, as long as I get approved. If not, I don't know where I'll be that weekend, but I'm, I'm going to try to be at Southern FAMU on the – I believe it's November 5th. But honestly, I'm rooting for Matt McKay for some reason. That I was – you took the words right out of my mouth, Daniel. I would love to see that matchup in the playoffs. I would love to see it, man. Matt McKay and Elon traveling up to Montana State. I, I, I sign me up. Absolutely sign me up. I like I like the confidence. Tennessee beating Bama, even if Bryce plays. Does Shador have to put up 500 yards, eight touchdowns? Probably, because Sean, like I said, I I think Lindsey Scott's going to put up 
insane numbers against his old team and Tim Demorat throwing for 400 yards a week. <clears throat> so he's going to have to do he's going to have to do a lot. So upcoming road trips, Lawrence. Um, this weekend I'll be in Southern, of course, Alcorn State Southern, um, October twenty second, Chattanooga versus Mercer up in up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I cannot wait to see that game. October 29th, um, I'm debating. Part of me wants to go see Elon versus Delaware, and the other part of me wants to make that trip to Holy Cross to see Holy Cross versus Fordham. So let me know Let me know what you think, man. Should, should I go to Elon and see Elon versus Delaware, or should I go ahead and go see Holy Cross versus Fordham? Then... November 5th, I'm looking at FAMU Southern and or possibly taking a trip up to Iowa and going to see South Dakota State versus UNI that weekend. Um, th- those those two games um, are my picks on then. November 12th, I, I want to travel. Listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of games I want to go to on the 12th. But man, Jackson State plays A&M in my hometown. There's a lot of people that want me to be at that game just because in my it is where I live, so I, I don't know about that one. And then the 19th, it'll be Alcorn State Jackson and Lorman, Mississippi. But then the 26th, I'm going to be at a first-round playoff game. I just got to wait on the bracket to be announced. So I'll probably go to, in the first round, I'll probably be at either a SOCON-hosted playoff game or a Southland-hosted playoff game, possibly an OVC, depending on who is who are the hosting teams in that first round. But um, the 26th, I'll be at a first-round game. The The next week, I'll either be at a second-round game and or the SWAC championship. It just depends on if I can get into the SWAC championship because of Jackson's hosting. We all know Jackson's not approving your boys' credentials. So <laughs> we'll see. I might just go to a second-round game instead. The ninth and the 10th, I'll be at a quarterfinal game, and that's when I, I really want to drop the bag and try to make it to a big game in the quarterfinals. The 17th. I'll be at the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. And then January 7th, I'll be in Frisco, Texas, um, of course, for the national championship, man. I, I can't wait for that game. I will I'll be in Frisco this year. I'm hoping to meet um, a bunch of the other FCS guys and a bunch of you guys if, if your team makes it. So Dave, Daniel, Lawrence, all, all you guys, Ron in the chat, if your team makes it to Frisco, y'all better be there. I don't want to hear any excuses on why y'all aren't there. Y'all better be at that game. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> October 22nd, Weaver State plays Montana State. CJ, I'm not surprised at all, man. I knew Jay. I, I told y'all when they moved up, I thought James Madison was going to be able to compete. Did I think they were going to be ranked? Uh, probably not, but I'm really happy for James Madison, man, and I'm, I'm glad they're showing out. And I, I really do think they're making an argument that the difference between the top FCS teams – and, and that group of five range is not very big. The talent gap is not big at all. And there's a lot of teams at the FCS level that could compete with the group of five. Um, I love the potential underdogs in the playoffs versus top teams who will be the 2013 Towson. So Holy Cross Fordham. I'll have to, pro- I'll have to try to make that one work, man. I'll reach out to Holy Cross and might get that set up. FAMU SU, my pick. Yeah, I applied for my credentials today, Lawrence. That's probably going to be the game. Elon or Idaho. I don't know why I feel like Idaho is a dark horse. <clears throat> mm, I don't know about Smash, but we'll see. I'm excited for the second half of the season, man. 
I, I listen, I want to come to Jackson. I've tried. I was going to come to the Campbell game next week, but listen, it is what it is. Politics and play over there, so won't be in attendance for homecoming. I was I was looking at potentially going to the Southern Jackson State game, but if I'm in Jackson, it'll be for the it'll be for the SWAC championship, and it'll be because I get credentialed through the SWAC because Jackson is not credentialing me because of some weird uh, bias. I think it's because Idaho has been awful for so long. They're finally winning. Got a buzz with the fans. I'll always be in Frisco if MSU goes. I have the best seats this year to watch the destruction. <laughs> you said the destruction. Uh, yeah, man. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. I, I don't know. I, I think if I had – I don't know who I think is going to be there at this point. That, so – the last question, man, I, I actually do got to get out of here, but man, I, I've, I've enjoyed uh, with these questions, but who do y'all think uh, going into the season, Sam Herter, myself, a lot of people thought it was really North Dakota State and really and truly probably one or two contenders, maybe South Dakota State, Montana. How many teams do you guys think can realistically make a run to the national title? including North Dakota State. I mean, how many teams do you guys realistically can make a run and have a chance to win a national title this year? Because I think it's a lot higher now than it was coming into the season. JMU has been the team in Virginia for the last five years, bar none. If MSU hosts to the playoffs, we'll be back. If you're coming to see that Holy Cross game, you better be ready for that cold. I'm telling you, I gotta get, I gotta get a jacket. I got <laughs> everything, man. But listen, I li- I, it's it's gonna be freezing. I know it's only what it'll be what October 29th. It's still gonna be extremely, extremely cold. Um, FCS title, FCS, Dave. We're, yeah, we're we're strictly keeping it at the F- FCS level. So, how many people do you think can actually make a run? Ken should be able to help you. I, I might talk to him and see. I'm telling you, man, I, I was looking forward to it. Six, maybe seven teams. I can see that. Possibly uh, six, six or seven is is reasonable because I thought because going into the season, people thought it was going to be North Dakota State versus everyone else, or them or South Dakota State. Some people threw Montana in there. Honestly, none. <laughs> MSU versus SCSU for the national championship. Six possible teams. It's going to be a Big Sky MVFC title game. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, Lawrence. But I do think the top four Big Sky teams, I think, could all make a run or have a team that possibly. I think Sac State. I know they haven't been good in the playoffs. Don't kill me on this, but this team has looked really, really solid and really consistent this year. So. Montana, Montana State, Sac State, and Weber, I think all can make a run. South Dakota State, North Dakota State can make a run. And, you know, a dark horse that I don't know, I, I want to get y'all's opinion on the dark horse. How do I, I, I really do think William and Mary has a team this year that could be really sneaky in the playoffs? I think William and Mary is a team. Like, <clears throat> if I had to pick today, I think, I think William and Mary wins the, wins the CAA. I think Elon drops a game somewhere, and I, and I I think William and Mary has a chance to win out. I I just don't know if I can go to Frisco. I wouldn't be surprised if William and Mary can make a make make a run up to possibly the semifinals, depending on how their bracket looks.
but I don't know what it is about him, man. I get a really good feeling uh, about William and Mary moving forward. Because in... Because <clears throat> uh, my thing with them is they have a strong rushing attack, which is important in the playoffs. They have a really great front seven. And they have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over much. And those those are all keys for making runs in, in the playoffs. And so... I've, I like William and Mary, man. Don't don't sleep on them making a little bit of a run this year. Uh, let's see. I think it's safe to say either um, Missouri Valley based Scott T will be in Frisco. Blue, I hit up Ken. He seems to be. I already got a game that week now. DW. Uh, I'll say this. I'll hit up Ken, and if I can swing something, I'll, I'll come to JSU Southern. But next week I'll be at Mercer Chattanooga. I've already got everything hooked up, man. My, um, shout out to that. So the, I just want to kind of, I want to get, I want to walk y'all through the difference of the processes. So Jackson State's SID, I have sent double digit emails and left multiple voicemails on his office phone, just not even asking for a specific credential. Just wanted to talk to him about the process. No response. I emailed Chattanooga's SID. He's out of the office. I get a I get a response that he's out of the office and that as soon as he can, he'll get to my email when he gets back into the office. He emails me on his like vacation or his day out of the office in 25 minutes and says, man, you're all approved. I love what you do. He was like, what hotel are you staying at? Send me the address and I'll have it at the front desk for when you check in. That's the difference. And so I had the whole credential thing set up with the hotel and everything in less than an hour trying to go to that Chattanooga game. And I can't get a damn email response from, from Jackson State's SID. Explain. Explain. So that's the difference, man. But, yeah, I'll talk to Ken um, about about the credential process moving forward. It's it's either in 2021 rematch in the SU versus MSU or STSU versus Montana. I'll call it now. That's what it will be. I'm cool with either of those matchups. I would love to see South Dakota State versus Montana. I would love to beat NDSU at home in the semis. Uh, 23-7 Raging Cajuns over Marshall. Appreciate that, Sean. Richmond is going to challenge. Oh, no, Rich, Richmond is legit, and it's all because of Udinsky. But I, I still, I'm gonna ride with William and Mary, man. I I don't know what it is about them. Them and Mercer are two teams that really. I don't know what it is about them, man. I just think I, they have that it factor to me in, in terms of two teams that have have historically not competed at this high of a level, and I, I'm I'm interested to see how it keeps going, especially Mercer, man, because no one expected this from Mercer. Yes, Daniel, NDSU in negative 20 <laughs> Fahrenheit. It may happen if they lose this weekend, too. Um, I don't care about the weather for NDSU at MD, MSU. I like our atmosphere, STSU at MSU. I'm telling you, the, the atmosphere just on TV was insane. Was insane, Daniel, just on TV. And I tell people, I don't, I don't think people um, – give enough credit uh, to, to, to the atmosphere of those Montana schools. They, they are legit. Those are FBS environments. Uh, Delaware versus Montana. Love to see that one, too. You're a dome team. <laughs> Blue, the only voter I know that comes to games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Emory calls games, and I would love to call games. Um, 
you know, I don't have any experience doing it. So, I mean, I don't think I would get a shot to do it, but I, I think I could be one hell of a color commentator because I, I got the facts behind, behind these FCS schools, man, big South or Southland, man, put, put me on the call on one of these games, man, give me a shot. But no, nah, man, I love traveling to games. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of the voters, they have other jobs outside of this, Lawrence. And so, you know, due to me being the producer at Auburn Live, it kind of gives me the freedom to travel on the weekends because I can do everything remotely in terms of my actual job. And a lot of the other guys, I mean, I think Sam Herter's traveling to the North Dakota State, South Dakota State game this weekend. But for me, I, I, wanted, I, I don't think there's enough actual in-person coverage of a lot of these FCS games. Like – when I went to cover the Alcorn State Stephen F. Austin game, I was the only like national media member at that game, and uh, I I just don't think I, I don't think there's enough people actually putting in the work to go cover it. Like I want to, when I started this like this FC FCS switch, I wanted to bring FBS coverage to FCS football, and I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that because even with like the pictures I produce, listen, I'm not a photographer. Like guys, I bought a camera. My camera was delivered two days before I went down to Lorman for that Alcorn State Stephen F. Austin game. So all the picture editing, all the pictures, all the highlight videos that I've produced, like all that was just like on the fly. And so I, I just I think uh, more people just got to kind of dedicate themselves uh, to, to actually covering the game. I don't want to see the, the Grizz anywhere near the FCS championship. I hope they lose the four out of the next six. <laughs> Mercer is a dark horse. I'd rather see blue at the games in course. So got to get blue a big orange bus. <laughs> we'll make it. Well, hey, we'll make it a big blue bus, man. A big blue bus. Uh, blue bloods game day. I, I mean, I would love to have an RV, man. Tate, my little, my, my Impala is booking it to all these games. Game day coach to Bozeman for Montana State. Montana, I think Southern loses Saturday. Man, there's gonna be a lot of sad people in uh Baton Rouge this weekend, to say the least. CAA has better teams than the others. That's fair. Uh, NDSU doesn't care about the weather. Their weather is the worst. <laughs> the main reason I listen to you is because you actually watch uh, a whole lot of games, sometimes in person. Yeah, man, I, listen, I, you, you can you could talk to uh, – well, I met um, I, I met with some of the Jackson State uh, uh, parents last weekend, and, man, you could – on Sundays, Saturday nights and Sundays are all just film and watching and, and catching up on games that I potentially didn't get to watch live. I'm I'm ex- I, I, I've really really enjoyed this man. My bad for the stutter, but I've really enjoyed this a whole bunch. But man, let me get out of here. I was supposed to leave like 30 minutes ago, but guys, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, man. Stay tuned. Uh, round table tomorrow, coaches corner on Friday, and on Sunday we'll have our FCS Week Seven recap from all the games. I'll have a highlight video out for Southern Alcorn State, some pictures from that game as well. Next week, going up to Chattanooga for Chattanooga versus uh, Mercer. Cannot wait for that one. But, guys, until next time, the Blue Bloods are out.